Hello, and welcome to Amaze Footnotes. This podcast offers uncomplicated guidance for following Jesus. Today's episode is all about stability in the time of COVID, because while 2020 is over, but the coronavirus is still on the loose, and the effects of the shutdown are still being felt in nearly every area of life. Turning the page on a new calendar year isn't going to zap some of the destabilizing effects of last year away. So here's some guidance for heading into 2021 with some intention, vision, and a firm footing despite the circumstances. Thanks for listening in. Welcome. I'm Melissa Lester, the worship director at Emmaus Church Community located in Lincoln, California, and we are thrilled to bring you our first ever episode of Emmaus Footnotes. And I'm Nathan Oates. I'm the pastor here at Emmaus, and we've been looking forward to this podcast for a long time. Melissa and I have been chatting about it and sharing ideas about it for about a year and trying to focus in on a specific um, area to explore. And I want to just sort of set the whole context for the podcast in the greater vision of the church. So there's a story. It's at the end of one of the Gospels in the New Testament about two travelers on a journey. They're brokenhearted. And on their journey, they're joined by a third traveler. And this third traveler brings such a beautiful perspective to their pain that they become enthralled with his perspective. And they say, please don't leave. We want to hear more about this. They share a meal together. And at the meal, they realize that this third traveler is Jesus. Mm -hmm. He was killed a couple of days ago. It's actually a reason for their pain. But now he's resurrected from the dead. This news is so revolutionary to them. It's so life-giving that they get up from dinner, they return to their community, and they say it's true. And everything changes. It changes everything for them. Mm-hmm. And they engage in a mission of restoration from that, from that point forward. So that's the vision of our church. I think it relates to this podcast in this way. We want to get down to the more granular. We want to focus on the practical. Like what are the steps, the, the specific ways in which this Christian spirituality, this journey on the road to the table and then back out into the world can um, instruct and um, illumine and equip us to better experience this Christian faith. And so Melissa's idea was to call this Emmaus Footnotes. Emmaus Footnotes. Yeah. Yes. So we're just going to be um, looking at a variety of different subjects and topics and trying to focus in on the really practical, the really specific, uh, with the greater hope of um, of engaging in a meaningful spiritual experience. Absolutely. For the ultimate purpose yeah. of restoration of all things. Yeah. yeah. I think that what made me think of footnotes is I have a particular author that I just have devoured everything she's written mm-hmm. and she hadn't written anything new recently. And so I went to her footnotes and well, I'll just read those guys now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's this idea of exploring the same topic, maybe from another angle. Mm-hmm. And hopefully that gets us to practical places where we can take this the the life of a, the Emmaus Road story say this is how we get it in our lives today and mm-hmm. you know work toward that restoration in all these areas That's so great. for today's episode you know we're heading into 2021 and it feels good to begin a new year I think undoubtedly we all had unforeseen challenges uh, which for so many of us brought us a great deal of uncertainty and upset in our rhythms our routines and our rituals for 2020. So today, 
We want to talk about stability, um, stability in the time of COVID, and more specifically, the purpose and the posture of stability. Uh, If the chaos of 2020 knocked you off your rhythm, or if there is a sense that you aren't in the groove and that you need a reset, we hope to offer you today some practicals through this conversation. Uh, So Nathan, if you've been around our community, our church, you know he has a deep passion for this idea of stability. He'll explain a little bit more about what that is in a moment, but um, you and you, Nathan, you've even traveled to Italy. You've lived with monks to explore this idea more. Uh, So what is stability for those who might be unfamiliar with the concept or the idea Uh, Because it's been a while since you've talked about it at church, so can you give us an idea, a basic synopsis of what stability is? Yes, great. Okay, so I think it's most helpful to understand stability in this specific historical context. Long time ago, at the as Rome was crumbling, um, as it was falling apart, there was this young Italian man named Benedict. And he went from his hometown of Nursia into Rome to study um, but what he found in the culture was abhorrent. He was just disgusted with the, the frivolity and the perversion of the Roman culture. And even more like devastating to him was all the corruption in the church. Mm-hmm. And so he drops out of school and he goes and he lives by a river by himself in a cave. And eventually people start gathering around him, others who are looking for a, a meaningful and truly holy Christian experience, which they weren't finding in a crumbling culture and specifically in a crumbling church. And so because everything was falling apart, which feels kind of like there's parallels in our culture, right? Mm -hmm. Sure. Because everything was falling apart and Benedict was being asked to build these new communities, was being looked to for spiritual leadership. He, He identified as a core value stability. And the value was seen as so critical that he turned the value into a vow. And in order to become part of one of his communities, we might think of them as churches, but these were like residential communes of 12 men each, typically. You made a vow. You actually made three vows. And the first vow was the vow of stability. Hmm. And by that, what Benedict meant was you're going to stay in this place with these people and you're going to live this way of life. So... Um, he was addressing some specific problems in the culture, but they're very relatable to today. I, one example is because there were um, spiritual communities and Christian communities in the area, um, many would hear that they received visitors with remarkable hospitality because these were Christians, and so they would receive visitors with this Christian hospitality. They would treat visitors as though they were Christ. And the word gets out. And so people just start sort of taking advantage of that, right? They go, they knock on the door, they're welcomed in, they're given the best food, they're given a beautiful place to sleep and and some place to rest. And then as soon as they're asked to kind of help with the chores, they bail out and they go to another place and they're welcomed in. It's sort of this consumerism. Well, Benedict wanted to like push back against that because he saw it as a vice ultimately. And so he's like, no, this is the way it's going to go. If you're going to be a part of this community, you're going to commit. You're going to make a vow of stability. You're going to stay here in this place. Mm -hmm. You're going to work out your relationship with Christ with these other people. And 
eventually he provides what is called a rule or a regulation, which is, it sounds like not the rules, but a way of life, mm-hmm. a routine, a pattern, mm-hmm. a set of values that these guys would pursue together. And so when we talk about stability today, um, what we're essentially talking about is the commitment or the value of staying, of remaining, of abiding. We're talking about this principled consistency. We're talking about um, pushing back against the idea that the grass is always greener. We're talking about pushing back against consumerism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's rare in our culture um, to see examples of stability, um, but I think it's critical. Yeah. I, <clears throat> I love the history behind all this. I find it fascinating. And I think that as you've pointed out, there are so many uh, things that are transferable to mm-hmm. our time and place that we are in. A lot of the same problems haven't really gone away or mm-hmm. they just, they kind of subside maybe for a while and then they, you know, poke their ugly heads back up. But right. I think what would be helpful for us today is to have a good, some pictures of what stability looks like. Mm-hmm. For us, Good. what lo- what stability looks like. Yeah. Culturally even. Good. That's a great mm-hmm. question. Uh, let me point out that most of us, if asked, we want the fruit of stability. Mm. We want what so stability um, provides or makes possible. We want dependable parents. We want um, a, uh, a strong sense of security, whether it's financial or relational. Mm-hmm. Um, we want a sense of reliability, whether it's your car or the foundation of your house or the condition of your roof as it begins to rain. Like you want the fruit of stability. You want the results of it. We, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if it's we don't want to recognize that stability is what gets us there or right. if we do see it and we just don't want to do the work. But we live in a culture that repudiates stability. Oh, yeah. It's like... It's seen as not just neutral. It's seen as negative in our culture. Um, some people see it as stagnation, mm-hmm. not doing anything. Others would just see it as, that's just boring, bro. That right. means stability. Can you, can you think of anything more boring than stability? Mm-hmm. So the question that you're asking is so critical. Like, what does it look like? What is the posture of stability? Um, I Because... If you don't understand this, granted, stability sounds pretty unattractive. It sounds potentially really limiting and confining even. It sounds negative. So try this on as an example. Okay. We got to understand stability as, first of all, it's active. It's not passive. Stability oh. sounds like doing nothing. It's not. It's, it is inherently active. So we spend a lot of time at the American River, my family and I. Mm-hmm. Um, and so imagine somebody in a river out in the middle of the river, maybe waist deep in water, just standing there. Meanwhile, there's people running on the beach. There's people swimming down the river. Every once in a while, here comes a raft, and they float on by. And there's this dude out just standing in the middle of the river. Looks like he's doing nothing, right? Mm-hmm. Looks, like, yep. looks like absolute pointless, what are you doing, nothingness. But in fact... The effort being exerted there, the 
action of staying strong and staying still in the middle of the river. Like if you were to get one of those cameras that you could look underwater and over above water, he would look totally passive. Like Mm -hmm. he's not doing anything, but underwater, his toes are like digging into the river rock, right? He's leaning into the current. He's finding this delicate, graceful balance against the adversity of the water coming against him, right? And so it's not passive nothingness. The, the view of stability is not the guy on the couch, okay? That's stagnation. The, right. view, uh, the posture of stability is active, intentional rootedness. I am I'm staying here. Mm-hmm. I'm doing the work against the forces of evil that want to break me out of this relationship or break me away from this hard time. There's nothing passive about it. Yeah. It's incredibly active staying grounded, remaining faithful. In our culture, at least when I was a kid, I used to hear this, don't just stand there, do something. Right. right? And I understand where that's coming from, right? Um, the ethic of active engagement is, is important. Um, that sounds like the opposite of stability, but it, it's not actually. Stability is not stagnation. We need to understand that the posture of stability is standing strong. It's not the guy floating down the river in the raft. Right. Looks like he's doing something. He's not. He's just being carried along with the current. Right, right. The guy who's doing something is the guy who is standing strong in the midst of the current, right? The guy on the raft, that's an example of meaningless movement. Mm-hmm. He's probably having a good time, but he's just being carried along wherever the current wants him to go. Yeah. The guy who's being purposeful and we'll talk about that as we go along, mm-hmm. is the guy who's standing strong. So instead of don't just stand there, do something, I think our culture needs to hear, don't just do something, stand there. Yeah, so good. Remain. Yeah. Be purposeful. Like dig your toes in right. while everybody else is going along with the current. Yeah. Who will stand? It's so good. So true. I think if there were ever a year that I felt tossed about by the current, uh, it would be 2020. Yeah. It, it was just so many unforeseens. I think there was times that I would say I sort of just gave in to the current and just, what are we doing next? I don't mm-hmm. know. Let, let the news tell me. And that, sort of that idea of just being carried along in the current and, and kind of letting that stress, that anxiety of the year, whether it was about COVID or elections or whatever, just yeah. kind of, carry me along and then there were times where I was like no I'm digging deep and I was with my baby toes grabbing on to those rocks you know the to use your analogy um and I think and where I was actively and intentionally engaging uh in my sort of moment by moment walk with God being present to my children Mm -hmm. supportive to my husband Mm -hmm. paying attention at work that sort of thing um and I think if if we're honest, the challenges and the events of the year have made it more difficult to hold our footing in that rushing river. Yes. It's it just it's much faster now and it's stronger. The currents are deeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're dealing with that. And I think, um, you know, h- how can we help people sort of regain this posture of stability that you're talking about where you're anchored in the ground? Um I'll just give a personal example. I gained and thankfully lost 10 pounds 
in the time of COVID. Okay, okay. just yeah. getting really real here okay. about <laughs> where my coping mechanisms lie in carbs. And I know there's a lot of other folks out there. They're, they might have the same one as me. They might have a totally different one, but we are fighting these battles. It got really real, whether it's porn, whether it's alcohol, whether it's just feeding on anxiety. Yeah. Um, all those battles were intensified. So how do we regain that footing? I know I had to have a mental shift, but how can you encourage us to like dig in deep um, and regain that posture of stability mm-hmm. after a time of just being tossed around by the current? How does somebody sort of take that, that heel and dig it in and just yeah. say, stop, I am not riding this wave anymore? Mm-hmm. I'm glad that you acknowledged the disruption of especially that first shutdown of COVID. Oh yeah. It was survival, right? It was like as, I mean, for some of us, it wasn't truly dangerous, but the anxiety level was high. And then things that we normally rely on were shut down and canceled. Mm -hmm. And so there was, it's, it's okay, I think. And, and just real life to acknowledge for a bit, we put everything on hold and we kind of went into survival. Sure. We literally checked out the contents of our garage and we're like, okay, so <laughs> could I live here for a couple of days if, <laughs> right, we, right. You know, if, the, if the stores close or whatever? It's time to buy toilet paper. That's right. <laughs> right. Yes. Um, and I think that occasionally that's just going to happen in life and you just go, you just go to survival mode, mm-hmm. but survival mode, we're not in, it's nine months later. And, right. um, and what has happened is, um, so many of the things that we've relied on for stability, for structure um, and organization and progressive, pro- progressive development are, mm-hmm. are gone. Right. They, they've been, or they're just dramatically changed. And it's not that all of those structures were bad. Some of those structures were really good. Mm-hmm. Like the educational system was pretty good. Right. Right. And there was value in routines like getting ready for school five days a week. Um, The structure of coming to church was a good structure. We learned to rely on that structure over our whole lives. Those of us in leadership in churches have honed and nurtured this structure so that it can be as effective as possible. Like we've tuned in the structure, but then the structures are taken away. Mm -hmm. Um, And so... Um, we now are, it's like we're now kind of reaching for them and they're not coming back fast. And so we're in this sort of void of, um, of, of structure and organization. So in the absence of these organizations and structures and institutions that we've come to rely on, I think the way we start to build back is we, we now are in the position, we have to be the catalyst. We have to, um, intentionally build back the institutions or the maybe institutions isn't the right word, but the structures, Mm -hmm. the systems, the routines, the rhythms that are now needed in the absence of kind of that third party or outside source structure. Right. So for instance, uh, my boys are going to school at home and they don't have a bell that rings that says you have to be in class in seven minutes and then a teacher in front of the room that with an attendance sheet, it's, it's so much more free flowing, right? Mm -hmm. So they've got in order to not just get washed out, they've got to, 
decide I'm going to own this and I'm going to um, build into my life my own structure, my own organization. So in other words, I think we've got to regain and in this in this context it means we need to recreate the uh, the pieces of a, uh, of a life of stability mm-hmm. because so many of the pieces have been taken away. Yeah, and it's going to look a little different in the time of COVID, mm-hmm. and it's not really slowing down. I mean, even at the time of this recording, and by the time it releases, you know, we're in a in our county, we're in a purple tier, mm-hmm. so we are we are still here, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's not going to change quickly. Um, so it's almost like a we need a whole different sort of structure for now to carry us through. That's kind of what I'm hearing you say. We need yeah. a, a structure for now that will carry us through until these other institutions and structures are able to exercise their very well curated models. Right. Yeah. And, <laughs> and their purposes. Right. Yeah. My conversation with Nathan continues in the very next episode, Stability in the Time of COVID Part 2. But before we go today, take a moment to meditate on Psalm chapter 1. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or stand around with sinners, or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the river bank bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. But not the wicked. They are like worthless chaff scattered to the wind. They will be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly. For the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. Thanks for listening to part one of Stability in the Time of COVID. May you delight in God's word. May your roots be firmly planted in him and may your life bear fruit. You have just listened to episode one of Emmaus Footnotes, Uncomplicated Guidance for Following Jesus. We'll see you later.